And uh, we are in a new series launching today uh, called The Upside Down Kingdom. And this is week one. And we're talking about to ascend, you must descend. Descend to ascend. And that, that is the way of the kingdom. And so we're going to turn to Matthew 20. Matthew 2020. In the year of 2020, we're going to turn to the Scripture in Matthew 2020. And uh, we're excited to have handed on youth. Praise the Lord. I'm feeling lighter. I'm feeling, feeling excited. And uh, Jesse and Eloise, going to be amazing. Matthew 20, 20. And I want you to have fun today. I don't want you to get stuffy. Don't be religious. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. We didn't come here to get through this. We came here because we wanted to. And we came here because we get to and because we love this. I mean, how good was Pastor Patrick and Pastor Vivian? Aren't they just the best? Give it up for them. Like when Vivian was praying, oh my Lord, the, the foundations in this place were shaking. So we're so grateful for you guys. Love you so much. And it's nice to have the band. It's so full in here. The band have to sit on the stage. And so I'll, if, if you're not enjoying things, I'll just preach to them. And uh, it's going to be good. Matthew 2020, are you there? Talk to me today. Are you there? Yeah, good. And uh, we've got a big Bible if you didn't bring it. If you've got your iPhone, get that. If you've got a Samsung, we'll pray for you later. And whatever you're doing, I want you to lean into the Word and let's enjoy this this morning. Now we're going to look at a, a story here, a, a Scripture around Jesus talking to His disciples. And right before this moment in Matthew 20, He's been talking about what the Kingdom of Heaven is like. What is the Kingdom of Heaven like? And He uses stories to explain what it's like. The reality of God's Kingdom is God's Kingdom operates in reverse to the Kingdom of the world. And so in the Kingdom of the world, to get, you go and get. In the Kingdom of Heaven, to get, to ascend, you descend. You serve, you give, you let go. And so Jesus is talking about the Kingdom, the way of the Kingdom. And the thing you need to know is there is two Kingdoms. There's not like seven Kingdoms. There's, there's not three Kingdoms. There's two Kingdoms. There is the Kingdom of Darkness and the Kingdom of Light. The thing about the Kingdom of Light, when you're in it, you know, because it's the Kingdom of Light. You can see. But when you're in the Kingdom of Darkness, you don't know because you cannot see. You are blinded by this world. You're unable to see clearly. And so you can be in the Kingdom of Darkness and not realise. But there is no neutral Kingdom. You doing all right today? There is no middle kingdom. There is God's kingdom and there is the kingdom of darkness and we are in one or the other. And our prayer here at C3SYD is that you would see Jesus and you would see the kingdom of heaven, that you would see God. We want you to know Him, not just about Him. We're not here just to give you information. We're here that you would see Christ. And like Paul said, the, surpass, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Our prayers, you would see the church. You would see the community of God, the people of God. That you would see God's purpose for your life. And that happens as we step in to the kingdom of light. And so Jesus is talking about what's the kingdom like? And He says, his story and the other story he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. And then he goes on to talk about how he's going to die and rise again. 
which would make no sense because he is at the peak of his ministry. Why would he be telling his disciples that he's gonna die? That would be very disappointing to know that the guy you've been following is now telling you, P.S., I'm gonna die soon. Third time he tells them, I'm gonna die. And so they are wondering, this guy's meant to be bringing in the kingdom. This guy's meant to be bringing in a new day, but he's gonna die. And the thing they didn't realise about his death is that was locked up in his death was victory for all humanity. Locked up in the death of Jesus Christ was resurrection. Locked up in the death, he had to die so he could bring new life. And that was what was happening, but they didn't realise it at the time. So Jesus is talking about this and then He moves in and He's standing around and two boys' mums, mum, one mum of two boys comes to Jesus. And we pick it up in Matthew twenty twenty. And this mum, she has a request of Jesus. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favour of Him. And Jesus said, What is it you want? What is it you want? You know this, right? That Jesus is not intimidated by your request. You know this, right? That Jesus isn't on Valium. He's not worried about what you're worried about. And so let's stop beating around the bush and let's ask Jesus what it is. What do you want? Stop being weird about it. Don't be religious about it. What do you want? Jesus said, come on, what do you want? What do you want? Just ask me. What do you want? He said it in that voice. What do you want? He's like, come on. Be weird, you know. Sometimes Christians we get really weird, and oh, should I ask God that? Is it the will of God? I don't know if it's the will of God. Is it the will of God? He'll just tell me it'll be the will of God. I don't know if it's the will of God, and we get all confused and weird. And God's not like that. He's like, what do you want, bruh? <laughs> what do you want? Just ask. Don't be weird. Just ask. He said, what do you want? And she comes with a request. It's interesting request. And the sons almost weren't brave enough to ask and they got mum to. And mum says, Jesus, (laughs) I want my sons to have a position in your kingdom. She wanted her boys to have a position. And she says, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Verse 22, Jesus said, ah, girl, (laughs) you don't know what you're asking. Jesus said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And the boy said, yeah, we can. Of course we can. Sons of Zebedee, we got it. Not realising that what Jesus was talking about was the cup that represents life looked like death. That cup of sacrifice was the cup that leads to greatness. He says, so indeed you will drink from my cup, verse 23, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. And when the 10 heard about this, the other disciples heard about this, they were so angry and indignant that they didn't ask. They were like, we should have asked for that position. When the, with the two brothers, Jesus called them together and said, guys, guys, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great 
among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. The world looks at greatness through status. God looks at greatness through service. That's what I want you to catch today. Lord Jesus, speak to us. Do a fresh thing in our lives. In Jesus' Name. They all said, Amen. Thank you, Van. She may be seated two metres away. Okay. And so greatness is, greatness is good. Uh, the thing I like about this is Jesus didn't say, oh, that's such a dumb question. He didn't say, oh, oh, you want to be great. Ooh. No, no, Jesus was fine with the desire to be great. The church of Jesus Christ should be great. You should be great. We should be great. We didn't come here to just have a little idea. We didn't come here to do something small. We came here to do something great. The church of Jesus should be great. You should be great. I should be great. We, we don't have a small vision. We've got a great vision to see Sydney, a city for Christ. 5.5 million people with churches all over Sydney. We wanna see a great thing. So greatness is not wrong. I mean, if you're an athlete, be great. Don't be mediocre, be great. Whatever field you're in, be great. But the idea of greatness in God's kingdom doesn't look like what it looks like in the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom of greatness and the way you get there is different to the way God leads us into greatness. It is not through pride, it is through humility. It is not through being big, it is actually through being small. Lowering ourselves. See, C.S. Lewis said this, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, less. What dominates your world? What is at the centre of your universe? If it's you, it's too small. Come on, somebody. If you are at the middle of your universe, your universe is small. It's too small. Humility is what brings us into God's plan and kingdom purpose for our life. I've got to actually come low. And so what, what we look at greatness, what it looks like is not what we would think it looks like. Matthew 20 verse 28 says, As the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. I love this book I've been reading. I've been reading quite a few books by this guy, Patrick Lencioni. Genius business guy, Christian guy. And he says this thing in his latest book, The Motive. He says, he's talking about his book and he says, you know, I'm, I'm praying for the day where we don't talk about servant leaders, where we just talk about leaders. And the only definition of a leader is that you're a servant. To be a leader is to serve. To have platform is to serve. And if you are looking for a title or a position to get security in who you are, you're looking in the wrong place. If you haven't settled your identity and the approval and affirmation you need in who you are, if you get that from a title, if you get that from a position, if you get it from a platform, you are gonna be severely disappointed. We were never born, made or designed to get security and identity from a thing we do. We, we, we were designed to get security and identity from God. So if you're looking from, from it for, 
things you do. We need to stop looking there. God has made you fearfully, wonderfully. Come on, Ben. God has made you wonderfully as you are. And Jesus is the greatest picture of a servant. He really is. He didn't just tell us, hey, go be servants. He showed us. He did it. He is the example of a servant. When he came from heaven to earth, lowered himself, died on a cross, gave up his divinity to be a man, still God, a God man, but humbled himself to the lowest of low point so that we could have his righteousness, so that we could stand on his shoulders. And so I'm praying that we would be great. I I really am. I'm praying that civil location, our church right across C3SYD, that we would be great. But what does that look like? It means we need to be servants. It means we need to be a servant. And so I want to talk to you today about five signs you're a servant. And and what does it look like to be a servant? What is a sign that you are a servant? Jesus said, I came, I came, I came not to be served. I came. Why did you come here today? And why do you go to work? And why do you do you connect with your wife? What is the motive? The motivation is in God's kingdom to serve. And so, okay, five signs. You ready? Five signs. You got your notepad, you got your pen, you got whatever. Five signs. Five signs. Get your Samsung, your Galaxy, your Android. We accept all phones. God bless you. And uh, grab it. And let's, let's, we've got a big Bible on the screen if you need it. Um, but we've got the points on the screen if you need it. But I think it's good to write it down or not because I'm going to say something so amazing. But in between what I'm saying, I believe God is going to speak to you today. So five signs. You're a seven. Number one, sign is you come under people, not over them. You come under people, not over them. Um, how, how are you? How do you treat the waiter when you're at dinner? How, how do you treat your children? How do you treat your spouse? How do you treat people that you lead? Maybe you're, uh, you're in your career, you have people that work for you. How do you treat them? This is what we're talking about. This is the kingdom of God and it shows up every single day. And so what does it look like in your life? Are you lording over people? Are you puffing yourself up? Because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. How do you treat people in your world? That'll preach. How, how do you act around people? Are you lording over people? The irony of the person who puffs themselves up is actually it's linked to a deep insecurity within Real secure people don't have to puff themselves up. Real secure people can sit down, can come under and lift others up. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Why? Because He comes under so that we can stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ. He didn't come lording over. He could have. He could have. He could have come over, lording over you, making us do what He wants us to do. I mean, He has things He wants for us, but He positions Himself as a rock upon which we stand. He comes under. Do you? Do you? Do I? What, what, how do we treat people? Do we lord over them? And Jesus said, you know, the the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and they're great One's exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. 
And I declare that over you today. It shall not be so among you. Listen to me. It shall not be so among C3SYD. It shall not be in civil water location that we lord over people, that we, we puff ourselves up over people. No, that is not the way of the kingdom. We come under, we serve. The purpose of leadership is to serve. And John 13, 12 verse 15, we read about how Jesus washed His disciples' feet. Oh my gosh. They had really bad, dirty feet. Okay, they, they walked a long way in the dirt. These are dirty. These are not just nice manicured, manicured, pedicured, whatever you, I don't even know what you call it. The, the things that they do to your feet to make them nice. These were not nice feet. These are not nice feet. And, and Jesus lowered himself and he washed the feet of his disciples. And then he says, see what I just did? Now you go and do it. Read it. He, he didn't do it just so we could sit on it. He did it so that we could go and do it. So number one sign that you're a servant is you come under people, not over them. Number two, you define greatness by service, not position. You define greatness by service, not position. And Jesus said, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And this is how we change the world around us. Not by, not by trying to get position, but by serving and using position as a context to serve. The purpose of this platform is not to have stars up here. The purpose of this platform is to have servants. The purpose of any platform is to serve. How do you use your position as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a leader in your business? Whatever you do, how do you use it? In the kingdom, we define greatness by service, not position. And I find that people that leverage position really have lost the heart to serve. Where I lean on my position to get things done. And I leverage my title to make things happen. But Jesus was the King of Kings, is the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. And not once did he leverage his position or title in the universe. He did what? He came and served. This is the kingdom and this is the way of our king. Number three, your motivation is to serve, not to be seen. Your motivation is to serve, not to be seen. Verse 28 says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served. Not to be served. In Matthew 6, 2-4, we read about Jesus saying, Hey, if you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. You know, being noticed for what you've done for God, that's your reward. Being noticed. What a cheap reward. I don't want to just get the reward of being seen. I want the glory of God on my life. I want the crown that God has for me. I want to honour Him with my life. And so if you see me or you don't, I don't care. Because I'm living for a kingdom that is unseen and a kingdom that is greater than anything you'll know. And the band love it so much, they're leaving. Okay, and so, so the kingdom, the kingdom. In God's kingdom, we're not here to be seen. We're here to serve. 
This is not, it's like being on the production team. They're up the back there, never seen, but serving more than you would know. Do you, do you serve and then need to be seen for it? Do you do things and need somebody to say to you, oh, great job, great job. You know, even around the house, do you, do you need someone to recognise you for washing up the dishes? <laughs> great job, honey. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Wow, you washed the dishes. Amazing. Preach, preach. Yeah, preach. All the wives are like, amen. <laughs> well, like, like, can you serve and do things that no one sees and be okay with that? That's what it means to be a servant. Not walking around waiting for your credit. When are they going to give me credit around here? I've been serving for 10 years. I've been helping out. I've been moving the chairs. No one's ever even said thank you. It's not, it's not what real service is. Service doesn't need to be seen. Service serves because serving is God's way. And we serve a great God. Number four, signs, you're a servant. Your service is given, not taken. Oh, this is good. This is really good. Your service is given, not taken. Watch this. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Key word, give. No one stole Jesus' life from Him. No one took His life. The, the people that were trying to kill Him, He led them. He, he laid down His life willingly. Not begrudgingly. I can't say the word. John 10, 18. No one takes it from me, He said, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. Real service is given, not taken. Do you serve out of obligation? Or do you serve out of a cheerful heart? God delights in cheerful givers. Please do not serve. Please do not give because you have to. If you're giving because you have to or you feel forced to, please keep it. It's okay. God will find someone who's willing. God will find someone who's cheerful. Around here, we are cheerful givers. We're willing givers. Not begrudgingly, not holding back. Jesus went to the cross to give. Not because He was forced to. But He chose willingly to go to the cross. Number five, last point. You're willing to sacrifice for the bigger picture. Fifth sign, you're a servant. You're willing to sacrifice for the bigger picture. Jesus said, as a ransom for many. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Vision makes sense of sacrifice. When you understand the bigger picture, if you want to find meaning, listen to me, if you want to find meaning in life, you need to become a means to an end. If you are the end, it'll have no meaning. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, oh God, you know, like, oh God, you're always using me. 
oh God, I feel used by you. Yeah? <laughs> yep. But it's in God's use of my life that I find meaning. I might be tired, you might be tired serving God. But there is a meaning and a fulfillment that you cannot get in a bottle, in a drug, in a relationship, and in a, any other setting. Jesus said, you have a food I don't know, you don't know about. I have a food. I have a, a food that you are unaware of. The disciples came to him one time when he'd been with the Samaritan woman and they said to him, has anyone given him food? And they're like, oh no, someone get him food. And Jesus said, oh, don't worry. Don't worry, I've ate. I'm full. I have a food. I have a sustenance you don't know about. It's to do the will of God. Listen to me. If you are looking for meaning, if, if your work feels meaningless, if your job feels meaningless, if your family life, your marriage, if you've lost meaning, it could be that you've become the end and you need to become a means to serve, to give, to be kind, to let go, lay down your life for the bigger picture. Lay, lay down your life for the bigger cause. And we have a cause that we are laying our lives down for. It's the cause of Christ. And listen to me, there's nothing greater in the earth than the church. The church of Jesus Christ is His plan A. He doesn't have a plan B. This is it. You and I. Church is not a building. Church is a body. Church is not just a place we gather. Church is who we are. And we gather here on Sunday, but then we go to work on Monday. And you can take the spirit that you have here today with you every day. And that's my prayer, that the church would shine at this hour by bringing the Kingdom of Heaven to earth everywhere we go. What does it look like? It looks like serving. What does the Kingdom of God look like in your everyday? It looks like being a servant. How do people know that you are of this Kingdom? They see it in the way you serve. So I'm praying this week that you would adopt the posture of Christ, which is to serve.